This is Off the Break Podcast, presented by Silver Screen Insider. Welcome to the Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. We are almost specifically doing Sony release date changes (laughs) (laughs) now and forever. I'm here. I'm Ken, and with me is Cody and Kyle. (laughs) It's just true, though. Just a weird segue into a topic and then back to who we are. Yeah. (laughs) We're trying to have fun here. Okay, sorry. Trying to switch things up. Let's get to it. Uh, Venom moved, and (laughs) Halloween is day and date on the Peacock. (laughs) Okay, guys. Enough. Straightforward talking. Yeah. Also We're professional, <laughs> but Venom as, did move as you as again. You flip shit at me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're professional. That's how you do an intro. Yeah. <laughs> well, if this is a sign that I'm doing it next week. Yeah. Kyle's like, mom and dad are fighting. <laughs> you think I'd be used to it? You no. think so? It always just hits that. It comes out of nowhere. Little inner child in you, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle. I don't think of you as a child. Eh, that'd be a first. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> At least I wouldn't say it on the podcast. Well, no. Yeah. Behind my I back. I respect you more than that. <laughs> Thank you. Only say it behind your back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Who's the better parent now? <laughs> okay. So yeah, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, moved yet again from October 15th, middle of the month, great time, to October 1st which is surprisingly one week away from its original release date or one of its release dates on 924. I think it was 924, right? Yeah. It was 924 three weeks or less ago. Yeah. And then it went to 1015 mm-hmm. and then Monday on Labor Day. On Labor Day when nobody was in the office. <laughs> nobody was no in. No one was paying attention. It, it moved <laughs> up two weeks (laughs) so a couple of reasons why this move happened um it sean chi did so well over the weekend that there was no hesitation about movie going so you could be earlier in the year there was uh when when they initially moved it i think out of september there there had been a lot of talk uh three or four weeks prior to their release date about vaccine requirements and how that was going to hurt movie going. And then what we've seen is those requirements haven't really materialized in many markets and it's not hurting movie going because there's been exceptions for, um, for kids under 12. Right. Although Venom's technically PG 13, you don't have to worry about that. But anyways, the requirements aren't materializing and the, and movie going is still really strong. So, so the, awesome Sean Chi, you know, box office, which we'll get into Woo-hoo. really helped with, um, with getting Venom moved up. The other issue is, is that bond on 10, eight was requiring two weeks clean PLFs and IMAX screens. So they're taking up the IMAX screens for two full weeks. And so Venom coming in and, you know, Halloween kills is going to have the same issue, but Venom recognized it pretty early and they're saying, Hey, we can't not have, IMAX right now or PLFs, it's accounting for quite a bit of the box office. Like well, if people the, are going out, they're getting the best experience right, they can. The, it's yeah. The event like nature of movie going now where Fridays and Saturdays are the biggest days and opening weeks are still really lucrative, um, lends itself more to that experience with the big screen. So you're 
spending a little bit more for the IMAX, you're getting the upcharge. And so they really want to, they really want to make sure they have that, especially on something like Venom. Venom will do very well in, in IMAXs and PLF. So their thought was that they'll get in front of Bond and at least have one week in the PLFs and the IMAXs. Now, if they would have just kept their 924 date <laughs> from the very beginning, they would have had not only two weeks clean and a run great into Bond, but then we wouldn't have had to mess up my schedule and had to redo all my booking sheets multiple, multiple weeks in what? a row. What? It's personal? Well, it's did, super what? personal, Sony. Did, I'm looking it, at you. You did it once when it was at 924 I and did. then erased it to put it at 1015 yep. and then erased it to put it at 10-1. Mm-hmm. By the way, and looking at the past changes too, it was at 917 for a while too before moving to nine. And then it was in oh, yeah. 2020, wasn't it? Did it have a release date already? In 2020? Yeah, yeah. A, a whole bunch. I yeah. didn't look that far, but <laughs> right. you can bet your dollar that it's there. You could call it a Sony dozen. That's <laughs> what yeah. we'll call it from now on. A Sony's dozen. A Sony's dozen, <laughs> yeah. which is somewhere between 7 and 25. Yeah, really schedule changes <laughs> all like within weeks. Like, It's so silly. If they would have just kept their one date, they would have, I think, been better off. I think Venom deserves two weeks on PLFs and IMAXs. Oh, sure. You could easily afford that and then and then this third week of its run it hits into bond where, where it's a little bit weaker now it's only getting one good week into bond where bond's gonna hurt it on its second week and really like we should be ha- having a two-week window into it like i i really wish they would have just kept their 924 date or even the 917 i guess would have worked out well i mean depends yeah. on how sean chi performs over the next few weeks but even still if it ends up not having as much carry over for those two for the next two weeks as we're thinking it might Mm -hmm. it probably would have been fine just to have venom be having almost three weeks to itself before bond it's so much second guessing markets and reactionary second so reactionary yeah it it just drives theaters nuts well they took a sequel of a 300 400 million dollar film and are treating it like here today when they dated that (laughs) and like we're playing that we're starting friday What was that detective movie? Oh, the kid detective. We, oh yeah, we didn't get a trailer for it until Tuesday when it was opening Friday. Yeah. Right, right. That These are was... dates with no trailer, no publicity stills, nothing. There was right. only, not even a synopsis. It was, really, it was the notes of who's in the movie. Yeah, we didn't have, we didn't have a runtime until Wednesday or Thursday. It was yeah. crazy. And they were like, "Why are we not getting dates?" I'm like, "I don't know if this movie really exists or not." <laughs> And even as we're playing it, I still don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm giving you a throwaway screen just in case this doesn't materialize. Yeah. So, I mean, we have our complaints about them moving stuff around, but yeah. is, the, ten, is October 1st still doable? Is it still yeah. okay? I mean, they have? are taking over their old Hotel Transylvania date before they sold that. Yeah. So it's, don't forget that I had to delete all of those in there after agonizing how it was going to fit it all on the schedule. If it has to open between 924 and 1015, this is the second mo- best, best yeah. option. Second best option. Because I really did want to play it on IMAXs and PLFs. Oh, like yeah. It'll be yeah. a good a good jolt. I was not super excited to have Bond on the screen two weeks. You know, I, I want Bond to be on screen if gross is warranted for that. But I hate being mandated that we have to hold stuff clean in certain auditoriums two weeks. Like, really, United Artists, after this, what do you got? You mean, I'm putting up with you right now over Adam's family and which you're going day and date on. And so 
I'm putting up with you on that. And I'm putting up with all your gimmicks around Bond because after Bond, I don't think you have anything. And you're going to be relegated back to the, you know, what have you done for me lately? Back to the darkness. Yeah. <laughs> See you next year, possibly. Back to, yeah. <laughs> back to living with STX <sighs> and. <laughs> Hey, well, I, they do have House of Gucci. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Oh, yeah, because I really, really want that at Thanksgiving. So wide. I mean, Thanksgiving <laughs> might not be the best time for it, but people like Lady Gaga. People like Adam Driver. I love I don't Lady know. Gaga. Yeah. Adam Driver's a little weird and hard to look at, but. Not for some people. <laughs> yeah. Everything I, Kyle, I'm glad you can share that here. Butterface. If, if anywhere. <laughs> It's the one safe space, safe space that I have to do this. <laughs> I wish Adam would driver me home. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, so what was the other change? Anything else oh, dramatic happen? And then Universal, I think, coming off a really bad review of their sequel to Halloween, um, decided to make Halloween Kills day and date with Peacock. It's still Bummer. keeping its release date, ten fifteen. I kind of was thinking. You know, after Sony moved Venom, um, I was kind of surprised that Universal hasn't moved Halloween back. Like, I think they should move it back to the 22nd for a number of reasons. They'll get PLFs again on that date because we'll be off the bond and then and IMAXs. And then the second week where it starts to drop off would be over Halloween weekend. So I would perform a very strong uh, second week. And then the third week is a week where um, November fifth, which would be Eternals. So yeah. it's counter programming to yeah. that. And... Yeah, yeah. Could so be. I, I just feel like if they move back to the twenty second, it would it would perform for us so much stronger. But we'll take it on the fifteenth. But we're taking it on the fifteenth. Don't get any ideas, Universal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, I'm I'm disappointed of the day and dating. Uh, the the only t- other time Universal's done this is with Boss Baby. And it didn't appear to hurt us too hard. You know, there did have an effect on grosses, but Boss Baby ended up, you know, holding in there and playing all of July. That's because no one I've ever met has Peacock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think some people still don't believe it's real. Yeah. Or, they, or even if they did, they don't. Yeah. I mean, they may not have even heard if of you, it. I if you know. have it, the only reason, redeemable reason that I can think of to have it moving forward is because they have Notre Dame football. That's the only thing that they have. And that's for it. like you. And that's for a very specific audience. <laughs> very yeah. Confusing. But they're not going to be watching Halloween Kills. <laughs> right. the same people. There's no crossover there. Mm-hmm. It's a Venn diagram with two completely separate circles. <laughs> yeah. Is uh, Peacock like what they're transforming CBS All Access into? Uh, no, that's, that, Paramount that's, Plus. Paramount that's Paramount Plus. Okay, see, this is where it's so confusing. What are you, I don't what know are you who, doing over here? I was just trying to find <laughs> if there been? was something redeemable about Peacock that I would want to watch on it, but there's not now. I, so. I think there is like a free version of Peacock, but even still, like it clearly doesn't matter. No one no one talks about well, it, right? There's, is it free? There's with, Wheel of Fortune. There's or, the Office reruns from 2005. There's... <laughs> But that's you know that oh, was like office i guess yeah that's the one thing where Friends. everyone was like oh man does this mean netflix is gonna go downhill while universal and peacock becomes a thing and no 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 so they missed the office but they're still having that let's be honest about friends have you ever tried to re- rewatch a friends episode yeah it's so cringy to me i can't yeah. i there's nothing about it that i like anymore some of the humor doesn't age well it's a it's a times thing yeah. you know it's, i can yeah. rewatch the office like 
multiple, multiple times. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. It's friends? Great. No, thank you. Uh, I still like friends. I can't. I can't with friends. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know if Day and Date for Peacock, if it's going to hurt it at all. I think, honestly, reviews might hurt it more. Because if, <laughs> yeah. if it's actually, like, getting the amount of bad reviews, if it's as many mm-hmm. as it seems like it's going to be, it could be problematic. It, yeah. Well, and I have always wondered what the point of this movie was. If you have a th- three-parter. We all know it's a three-parter. Yeah. This one obviously is just filler bridge content. Then unless she dies in it or some you know i just don't know what the point of the movie would be it just killing a bunch of people to get to the end movie which is the one you really want (laughs) it's fun to see it again i don't know i mean but what else could you do with this franchise like i mean people have tried before to you know change it up so much and clearly it doesn't work so Do you stick with the same formula, but just amp it up slightly and I like hope the, that people like it again? I don't know. It's, I like it's the a tough reboot, recipe to work. But just do a two-parter reboot. You don't need to do a three. No, but not everything has to be in threes. No, yes. that's well, true. People or, who or see sagas. early films are critics, and they're expecting something amazing. And the first one wasn't great reviewed by critics coming out. The audiences really loved it, and I liked it, and I don't like horror movies. Sure. So yeah. we got to give this one the benefit of the okay. doubt. I mean, he chops up like nine firefighters in the trailer. <laughs> like, That's true. It looks bitching. It like, did. And it, then the people start start do you rioting. Do it's going to start and, on a high note and then just get really lull yeah. and then end on a... I'm we've got a mob, we've got the killer, and we've got her stuck in the hospital. What's, what's, what's gonna the three-name director, David Gordon Green? Yeah. Did I get that right? Yep. Yes. Look at me. <laughs> but he, I mean, the first one was just incredible. Like I, like I said, I don't like horror movies. I don't, but it, it really surprised me in a lot of ways. And this is going to do something, something special. Yeah. I think, I think for, for me and looking at the bookings, I'm obviously not playing it everywhere. It is rated R. It is coming, you know, at a time where we have a lot of really good PG-13 content. I just have some locations that just don't do well with R, so we're not really looking for it. Although it is getting hurt a little bit. I'm not going to be able to give it the screen count that I wanted to because of the stipulations on the bond screens. Like I'm just going to have more bond screens and they're coming first and so I, I don't. I'm not going to give it the screen count, unfortunately, that I think I could give it. Um, yeah, I mean it makes sense for that perspective. Um, but if you're just, you know, a, a rando such as myself, if you're just trying to think of if it's successful or not, even despite like these early reactions, I would say just wait a bit because it's mm-hmm. possible that it could just be one particular group, especially since it premiered at like tiff or venice whatever oh yeah film it festival did. just happened recently we so, should keep in mind that these reviews did come out of a film festival and they yeah. were probably I, not wanting i mean to some commercial like stuff this. works well coming out but maybe yeah. this is a case where it just didn't work for that crowd but let's let's just wait a bit and let's see more reviews come out before we really just start raising alarms or not same thing's going to happen with bond as soon as somebody yeah. sees it they're, they're going to be the audience that wanted to see bond yeah. Nobody yeah. at Venice was like, I really need to see Halloween Kills. Right. They want to see some lonely girl smoking cigarettes in a room by herself. <laughs> and then have it just fade to black at the end. Finn. No closure. <laughs> Both sound like great times to me, yes. but okay. Love independent art movies. So I would just say, take that with a grain of salt. Yep. Let's just wait and see before more reviews come out for yep. this. So 
with booking strategies, Venom did mess up the bookings a little bit moving forward. Um, but everything shifted basically. So where I had some holes before, I think, um, I kind of filled in with other things. So double screens of Venom will hold, I'll go into multiple screens of Bond and then try to get multiples of Halloween kills where I can get, and that'll get us through most of October. Oh, and then there's Dune that gets multiples. So October is going to have at least one really good big opening a week. And then we're just trying to get there right now. And you know, in the meantime, I think Cry Macho is going to be like um, an overlooked film that is going to perform really well for us. I mean, it's Clint Eastwood returning back to that kind of cowboy root situation that well, he has. We, sorry, real quick. When you say for us, do you mean for like your locations in particular? Yeah. Because you're more of the, um, what, the Western? Probably um, more Western rural areas. areas. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. It'll do better in smaller cities it'll do better in the midwest and the mountain west than yep. it will in i and i think clint eastwood's probably still a draw in just his name is still yeah. a draw in a lot of places yeah. yeah and it's not a it's not a political movie it doesn't have it's not right. a richard jewel it's not a invictus yeah. with uh race relations it's a cowboy movie with a little boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like this, so the subject matter isn't so much um, anything that could be directly tied to what's going on in the real world, but it's just more of a, what it seems to be a universal message that isn't going to rub people the wrong way or isn't going to mm-hmm. cause any sort of divide. It's a universal message where people can be like, okay, Clint Eastwood, I see where you're coming from. I can get behind that. Yeah. And then we're opening Cop Shop next week with Gerard Butler. And that looks like a good action movie. I don't think it'll have long legs. And with the, all the content coming in, it's not going to, but... I had the best conversation. Before we get into Cop yeah. Shop, I had the best conversation with the theater today that was unaware of Cry Macho. Oh, yeah. I heard this. We were in the car oh. together <laughs> oh, during this. do tell. What happened? <laughs> well, Cry Macho is kind of like a mouthful, right? And if you're trying to talk in the car over the speakerphone... Mm-hmm. It can <laughs> when, sound like a lot of different things. Yeah. And then you're... Uh, yeah, go ahead, Ken. What did he think you were calling it? Are we allowed to say it? Yeah. <laughs> it was something like try nacho, and then Ken went off on this spiel about oh. an, like an animated nacho movie. And, and then he's like, <laughs> he thought oh. it was real. And then I started to spell it out, and then he was yeah. like, it's cry nacho. So it's yeah. a sad plate of nachos. <laughs> yeah. And then I had to like, no, it's M as in Mary. Yeah. And it's like, Cry Macho. And the title doesn't make... I mean, with the trailer, it makes sense, but mm-hmm. it's just a weird title. On it, its own, it doesn't quite... It could easily yeah. have been yeah. called The Cowboy. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could have taken, you know, one of his previous movies, The Mule, and yeah. slapped it on there. Yeah. That could probably work. <laughs> Pick a noun. I right. mean, it could have been one of these weird ones where it's like, The Tiger. And you would have been like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> but it was just really funny because... Ken just went off on this tangent about a nacho movie and the guy thought that that's what it was about and I'm like no you're confusing him now trying to be funny the plate of nachos is voiced yeah. by Clint Eastwood <laughs> yeah. like wow that uh, seems very different from this what is normally a, does. this is a one plate table <laughs> pilgrim <laughs> they they'd use John Wayne's voice from old films right to make him a plate of hot wings yeah <laughs> um but besides that, the big <laughs> movie to play, obviously, is Shang-Chi. Like, that blew away Oh, even, or I mean, our expectations. Ken had, like, the highest prediction, and even still, that blew it out of the water. Yeah. 
I know. I was so far off, and I was Same. being conservative. Everybody was off. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all the numbers we saw were half or less of what it actually did. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, weird. When you play a Marvel movie, theatrical only, it does a big number, a historically big number. It just, for that weekend. It's just historically big for Labor Day weekend. Regardless it, of any other things. I mean, mm-hmm. if you... Had have played that day and date, it could have been half that, and it would have. Nobody would have said, "Hey, this broke any sort of records." Like it did a fine number, but because the theater was the only place to see it, yeah, it blew up. And I can't imagine all that good publicity. You you now have the highest record for Labor Day weekend. It went so far with exhibitors to show that theatrical exclusivity is good for the overall business. It matters, yeah. And they ha- Disney hasn't announced what they're doing with their next two films. Have they not said that Eternals is still going to be exclusive? They, they have not. They, it's a picture by picture, and they've not announced what they're doing with anything. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, they're. <laughs> if I had to think of why, it's probably because there's not a lot of people, but there are some people pointing out. It's like, oh, it's one of Marvel's lowest grossing movies. And it's like, well, yeah, but take into consideration everything that's happened the last year and a half and the fact that it still made the numbers that it made mm-hmm. on a weekend that's historically un- irrelevant for like theaters it still is a pretty high achievement yeah so i don't know why i i could see like them thinking about it from that perspective but they really should but it wasn't even as low as their lowest ones i think ant-man and wasp is still the lowest one it might have been and... i'm sure incredible hulk was yeah if low. you include those ones you get a higher it, percentage if i put it on streaming only ha <laughs> <laughs> i mean and that is but also i hate the streaming thing because they you know they say i get a higher percentage they're taking like on average around 60 percent of the box office in north america and but the streaming yeah they get 80 percent of it but there's still 20 percent that goes to all of the other like TV providers and stuff because you still have to pay the apps to have Disney Plus on there. All Samsung yeah. and Apple and all the TV makers still have to get a cut to ha- be able to have that app supported on their TVs. Dance with the one who brought you, Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I don't... Again, it's just a... It's a theory that they're trying out and I still don't know why... I still don't know how it benefits them. It's a Asi- crack crackpot theory. Yeah, well, it just it, it's just it's just I feel like it's Wall Street analysts who know nothing about our industry looking at numbers and trying to you know make sense of of distribution models or change up things looking for money that's not there because they just don't quite understand how media and creativity and all that work. They yeah. just are looking or, at it from on spreadsheets and yeah, if you just look at it on spreadsheets, I'm sure streaming, pivoting to that, having a direct-to-consumer relationship makes a lot more sense. They're also trying to predict, you know, human pattern. Yeah. And even at this point in time, that's a crapshoot, you know? Like, you, you don't know. Not really. I just don't know why you would bet against an industry that's been around for over 100 years. Like, let's, you know, let's Because streaming's cool, yo. But it, it's the same content. It's not like radio going away for podcasting because it's completely different Mm -hmm. like you still get to select the time that you view the content Mm -hmm. by going to a theater yeah and it's it's fresh content it's not the radio where you or live television where you have to watch it live Mm -hmm. it's just a whole 
different thing. It's close enough that we can that we can really have, compete. It'll pivot. Yeah. It'll pivot. We'll we'll find find the way to make the experience even better. But you just still need the content. Yeah. Yeah. But for right now, like pat yourselves on the back. Shang Chi was great. I'm yeah, sure oh a lot gosh. of theaters were happy Did with so good. Yeah. Very exciting. And I think that the hold up numbers are gonna be really strong because in a lot of our locations while it did huge nationally, you look at some of the location by location numbers and they were, some of them are a little weak, but it's Labor Day weekend. And they, again, we're kind of in the Mountain West. There's a lot of recreating that happens. Yep. There's so many people that bought a new camper in the <laughs> pandemic that needed to have one Just, last weekend to use you're it. You're not wrong. Keep you're not wrong. Coming with the campers. <laughs> I am. I'm coming for the camper theory. I'm it's, it's the camping weekend. Plant my flag in that. And we were out and we saw... Lots of campers. So Ken knows that I'm right. <laughs> well, yeah. speaking of something that I saw, did you see the article in New York Times this week about trying to figure out theater going for Hollywood? They couldn't figure... There's there's so many analytics, but mm-hmm. they don't make sense against each other. Basically what we just <laughs> right. mentioned yeah. like a minute ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this article is really interesting and it goes into a lot of like the debate we have about windowing and day and dating and a lot of the same arguments that we're making against it were made in the in this article but what i found super interesting that i hadn't even thought about before was when you have transparency in the box office when you have those box office numbers and you know the whole industry and anybody industry adjacent knows Sean Chi made all this money and then Candyman is sitting here and you, you so you know the horror did this and the comic book movie did that when you're planning and financing future titles for, and you're soliciting those you kind of have an idea of a target of what was working like this last year we knew that maybe rom-coms weren't working or teenage you know like raunchy comedies weren't working and mm. so you can kind of like gauge on preference but when it's streaming and they don't put their numbers out you have no idea what content is working or what's not, or what that even means anymore. Yeah. Like at least you knew with the box office that Sean Chi was successful because it got a certain amount of people out of their homes to pay those ticket prices. And they reported that. And that I think is easy to analyze the success of that. But when you have hidden streaming numbers and you, and you get them and they can be so manipulated, you know, because they're not a direct transaction. It's like it's not like if you view two seconds of a of a film, it you transactioned that um, subscription fee for that film. Right. So it's just really hard to to analyze that. And I thought they brought that up, but what where it really affects is the future. You know, how do you greenlight future projects, knowing what's doing well and what's not? Now. Disney's probably okay because they get their streaming numbers. They still know, and they they very much are a brand, and they very much stick to their lane. So they're probably not. But you get somebody like Sony or um, maybe even Universal because their their streaming numbers are low. You know, how do you really know what what yeah. is good? And it, and as a creative out in the community, how do you know where to where to put your creative energies into? Uh, yeah, like who's gonna take you more seriously? Yeah, otherwise you're just turning out content. You're just a content factory, and, and your project means nothing. It's just a, a dot on the blip of all the content being put on the on the menu. A dot on the blip on a menu? Yeah. Whoa. I mean, that's like yeah. the smallest <laughs> thing I've ever heard of. A little it, dot on the little bl- hub 
of the menu on my TV. It's just so so many layers of nothingness right there. <laughs> but at least when I see it on a marquee, I'm like, there is a movie in that room. Speaking I'm going to go see it. Speaking of layers, <laughs> can I move on to the next subject? Well, anyways, could check out that article. It was a New York Times article, and it just was... I thought it was really interesting, but it's still, you know, what happens in Hollywood, it, they're still writing articles about it. This is, we're really changing up this industry and, and, um, we, nobody really knows how it's ha- shaping up, but I like how there's, di- um, some discourse on it. So yeah. We're talking. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, um, becoming more apparent and there's definitely being more questions asked about mm-hmm. it. And sooner or later, I think the studios have to have an answer. I mean, don't you think? I I think it'll. It, I think another year or two, they'll still figure it out. They're they're still gonna experiment and see with where things are going. Yeah, the process will take forever, but at least there's more questionings about. I guess the process. Yeah, yeah. Which is I, which could be a good sign. It could be more people in arms for theaters. Well, hopefully, but more people in arms for theaters being like, hey, like, how is this fair to them? How mm-hmm. Like, how can you just disregard them and only focus on just throwing out so much stuff on, like, a streaming service that just gets fallen by the wayside and possibly doesn't even bring you success as you're hoping for? What does this mean for different communities? Not just exhibition or the creative community, but what does it mean for actual communities out there? Like, the theater dries up, what else do little rural towns have? What does this mean for community sense and fabric in America? Like... I really think the movie theaters are super essential to the American way of life. They are a epicenter of little towns and they bond people together in shared experiences. And it's important to keep maintain that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We have a wide, um, there's a big difference, a big gulf between all of these little town theaters. Some are run for profit. Some are run as nonprofits. Some have mm-hmm. a thousand seats. Some have, hundred i mean it's they're all different but they all have evolved based on the community that they're in mm-hmm. yeah so. totally agree and that and we've seen overwhelming support in communities across the board for movie theaters so this we went through this once gets a decade very ago, personal yeah upgrading everything from 35 millimeter to digital i mean we thought the industry was going to fall off a cliff just because of the cost of those projectors back then but communities cities and everybody paid off their projectors and <laughs> and now we're heading into a new cliff it's just we will rally <laughs> but it's just no. at least we got through that first I, one i feel like one of those it wasn't as high right yeah. I, feel like, I feel like the old-time film buyers when they were talking about vhs tapes they're like oh, this yeah. is gonna ruin the industry oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> i know it's so funny <laughs> I mean, I feel like ours are actual worries. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, meanwhile, most people are like, oh, yeah, VHS is worth a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Laser DVDs. disc is going to destroy these, us all. What are these black boxes <laughs> in these weird plastic covers? <laughs> oh. Well, I think um, what's nice about us doing the podcast and talking and all that is that this sense of community we do give because... You know, we just came off a of CinemaCon, and that convention was really nice. It reminded people that we're in an industry together and that things are in upheaval and changing. Um, but it's nice to have that sense of, you know, togetherness through this all. And this last week, uh, a new I was made aware of a new 
com- uh, not company. Community, community trade organization. Yeah, nonprofit. You. Yeah, nonprofit. Yeah. And I'm really, uh, really, really excited to join. It's called uh, Women in Exhibition. And they reached out Whee! to us about the podcast. And I was like, <laughs> what is this? I need to, you know, um, do some research. And it's just this really awesome organization um, of women globally that have come together and try to create our own little community within exhibition. It was started in 2019 and launched at the Geneva Convention. So, you know, it does really have a big place in exhibition and cinema. And, um, you know, kind of got waylaid by the by the pandemic as everybody's life did yeah but it's coming back strong and um it's really awesome they have guest speakers you join it's super easy to join um i think the fee was only 25 dollars. So there's really no cost barrier to join this group and they're going to have a guest speaker series coming up and they in the past they've gotten some really amazing guest speakers i think patty jenkins was one mark cuban came to talk to the ladies about business oh cool um howie mandel they've had a lot of different prolific speakers uh come through to kind of just talk about different aspects of our industry and um, they actually have one coming up next week and it's the speaker is going to be tom rothman the chairman and ceo of sony and he's going to talk for about an hour to the to the ladies. So if you is he just going to be listing off release date changes? <laughs> oh, maybe <laughs> you won't believe what we have in store so if you for wanna, today. Want to join? Go to womeninexhibition.com. Um, join up and sign up. This free. This the this will be a free webinar series um, online. They'll send you the link, and it'll be like a Zoom chat, and it'll be live, and he. Uh, the main gal Heather Blair will be interviewing Tom Rothman and um, afterwards there'll be a little Q&A and ability to you know say hi and chat and stuff afterwards so I'm really really excited for this but when I saw who the next speaker was I part of me wanted to be like when it came to be my turn to be like, what should I ask this guy? I'd be like, who decides your release schedule changes? That was my, <laughs> I want to, I, if I had more balls, I think I would ask him. I'll probably chicken out not, but right. it's a, a women in exhibition. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I want to be like, who, who does that? And, how, and, how do I go about firing them? Yeah. For how you? do I go about <laughs> lodging complaints about this person? Because they're obviously an idiot, but <laughs> <laughs> no, then you should list off all the release date changes yeah. and drive them crazy. Hey, Tom, yeah. did you know you've changed this film six times in the last year? To get the big Can stack I, of papers. But it's we nowhere near how many changes you had on Peter Rabbit. Because, <laughs> you know, who wouldn't want a bunny movie at Easter? Let's just put it around all summer long. <laughs> well, maybe someone no, else will bring we'll just, that up as yeah. a, as a I won't do it. I'll be good. But that was my gut instinct we'll to just, be like, find out who is this person. <laughs> we'll just keep beating that dead horse just yeah. like uh, the people over at Warner Brothers and Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, speaking of uh, beating a dead horse, there is going to be another Matrix movie. Resurrection. Uh, Matrix Resurrections. Plur- plural? Resurrections? I think so. Uh, God, it doesn't matter. Who can it, who can keep up? Who, who can keep up? Um, but they released a official trailer for it yesterday and it was good. It was pretty good. I thought it was better than good. Yeah. I I saw it on the release schedule there in December because, you know, I'm putting bookings in all the way through December. And I'm like, is anybody going to want this? Like, how long ago was the third one? Did anybody even watch the third one? Like, I 
I had no connection with that series anymore. And then I saw this trailer. I'm like, oh yeah, this is really good. And I'm like, and Keanu Reeves is awesome. And I don't know why, why I was doubting it at all, but their marketing was so awesome. I mean, Mm -hmm. it started out teasing you with that website that had the red pill or the blue pill. And then no matter which one you picked, you got a different narrator and they showed different clips, right? Just really flashes and stuff. I was like, this is really fun. We clicked on it a few times. <laughs> like they got it's true. We did. multiple clicks out of us on this. <laughs> I was like, what's the other pill look like? Hey, if you can make, um, I mean the thing about the matrix, I suppose is that the marketing could be fun. Like, uh, so and, far it is. And, and I think hopefully Warner Bros should at least embrace that and try to keep making it fun. Cause yeah. otherwise if you're just going to be like, Oh, here's trailer two and don't forget the TV spot. It's like, eh, okay. But if you can, I don't know, do more interactive type stuff, especially with how, I don't know, insane of an interaction like the movies are, whether they're good or bad. Like, you could get a cool trip out of this and convince people to be like, all right, I'll get a trip out of this for the movie too. Oh my Snore, gosh, yeah. wake me up when Keanu leaves. <laughs> no, although I was confused about... I was like, what even happened in Matrix? I had to Google it. Oh, I, I had to Google the pot. I still don't know. And I was like, he died in the third one? And yeah. I'm like, how is he back? Uh, hence, the resurrections. Yeah. Maybe he was never dead the whole time, maybe. Maybe the whole he, thing was made up. Maybe he did just a bunch of PCP and maybe it was <laughs> it Maybe it was rogue robots that are like, we want to bring the whole system down, but it has to be the humans that do it. Yeah. Or it could be pulling a Halloween and being like, forget about the eight other movies and yeah. just remember the first one. Oh that, it'll connect that way better. Oh my God. Can we just... Can we get another Terminator movie where they just spell it out for me? No. I just need it very basic, guys. No. They've tried, honey, and it didn't work. It was fine. They tried. They've tried well, multiple okay, times. Well, okay, it was fine, it but was it fine. was just... They even tried with like Lady yeah. Terminators, and that didn't work. Yeah, it was fine. They were all great. They were all great. <laughs> they were all bad. I, I, was surprised, all bad. <laughs> I was surprised by the outpour of like people getting really excited for this movie, so I hope it doesn't let anyone down. Um, yeah, but it, it's also a good time too. Cause Keanu Reeves like has like a major Renaissance going on he right is. now. So take well. advantage of it. He looks like John wick in matrix. At least yes. he could have shaved and cut his hair. Oh, I'm sure he wasn't able to. I'm yeah. sure he was like, guys, I, I have made, I have John wick four. like right. I'll come back, but I can't bail on John wick. <laughs> <laughs> it's my bread and butter now. Oh, <laughs> no, the, the marketing is awesome and i'm really excited because i think that they've got a good plan in place and they're gonna start um pushing it but i have to say as fun as the red pill blue pill website was and (laughs) i forgot about the trailer (laughs) i was so wrapped up in the like what's coming next which pill should i take that i forgot the next day was the trailer So, so you're like, what was this movie? Oh, yeah. Right, oh, yeah. Red Pill. Oh, yeah. That's I checked, right. I, was... I checked Silver Screen Insider and I'm like, oh, yeah, there was a trailer. <laughs> I was just Googling the original three. And mm-hmm. this was one of the first ones to have the sequel six months after. Oh, the, the, really? So was, was it that soon? Two, or one and two were four years apart. Yeah. And then three came six months later. Oh, that's what you Because they shot okay. those in tandem. So it was yeah. the, the third of this of yeah. the series. And yeah, that was, I, I remember that being interesting. Like you have to see this now because <laughs> the third one is going to be here before you know it. Wow. I, I forgot about that. That's crazy. 
Hmm. Very forget, interesting. You didn't forget about what it. What year was it? We were it? like eight. Well. <laughs> what year was it? 2003. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I wasn't even out of high school. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. That's probably why I didn't watch it. It's like, that doesn't seem like a movie I would have liked in high school. <laughs> Did you see the first one in high school? Or I, just none of them? I saw the first one, but I think it was... Back in the day when you used to go to Hastings and rent a movie. Yeah. I loved going to Hastings. The movie, the movies to rent were all on the whole back wall. So you just walk in and you just peruse that whole down the side to the back. I had my sections. I knew where to go. I just, I miss that. The kids these days, they don't know what it's like to have to physically walk to pick something. It was a... It was a streaming menu of all the titles. And if you didn't Beautiful. have a, and listeners, if you didn't have a Hastings, just replace it with like Blockbuster. <laughs> we had a Blockbuster. I still chose Hastings. Yeah, sure, sure. I'm just saying like. Make this as confusing as possible, Cody. Or movie lovers. <laughs> I'm sure everybody had a movie lovers type video store. The small business type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Speaking oh. of a trailer for all movie lovers, we hey. got a second trailer for. Ron's gone wrong. Oh, I thought this trailer was so much better than the teaser. It's yeah. why why you haven't put out a teaser because it didn't tease anything fun. I was just like, oh, it looks kind of cute. This one made it look so cute. I even laughed out loud at the trailer. This is how I know it's going to be good, and it's PG. Uh, I know, but you laugh at my jokes, so you laugh at just about anything. <laughs> Not just about anything. <laughs> There's some credibility See? there. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a looks like a really nice. Um, animated title almost in the vein of i think spies in disguise i think it it, it felt like the sort of similar really? tone and nature to it i think hmm. so that's kind of what i got I... out of it just very playful with its story like it's kind of it makes sense for like our world but at the same time right. it's like a little robot that is supposed to be your friend and it also is kind of like your smartphone it can do anything i do like how it was more playful in nature than than the last few that disney's put out i don't know it just seemed more fun yeah, it's just a cute Disney movie, and it's going to have the same story where they're not friends, and then they're friends, and they have to overcome something together, and it's it's the and same. They basic change thing. the world, but, they change everybody, but it's going to be great. That's around it's, them. I think Mitchell's versus Machines is kind of. I got more vibes like that, but just not the stylized, quick um, animations. Well, this is a yeah. sweet spot on ten twenty two because we don't have any kid stuff none at all well we have adam's family i mean after that though we don't have anything after that no but no adam's family will have three good weeks into ron and then that'll have a few good weeks into um i think the next one's Encanto. yeah which is right late november for thanksgiving like six weeks later yeah yeah so this is it's theater for a while so it could hold over well maybe maybe is we don't know we well, can't say it is or not. Yet. Well, I, sorry, I just mean it, it's a trade secret. It could, it could be. Yeah, <laughs> it, ha- it needs to be. It needs hint, to hint. be. Disney, hint hint. <laughs> please don't make us play this trailer and then put it on Disney Plus. <laughs> like I you've got, done please, with all this. Would be, it would, will this be Disney's first animated since Raya? Because they sold Luca. Well, this is technically... Or they didn't from, sell Luca. They made it stream only. This is technically from 20th Century Fox. So it's not in like the same camps oh. necessarily. Um, and to be honest, that might help it go to theater only. They might yeah. have already made a deal. Because I know that some of those Fox titles have theater exclusive language built in their contracts. So Exactly, yeah. So this could be one of those that fits that bill. That'd be awesome. Yeah. We really need it. We need it. And it looks good. Looks really good. And it's good. got the Disney 20th Century moniker on it, mm-hmm. so that'll that'll put 20 more million on the 
thing than a normal I mean, a movie from Paramount we've seen right. or Universal. They have a hard time getting traction. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's Disney true. animated or easy to sell. Yep. Especially a PG. Yeah, I no, would agree. That was It was such a cute trailer. I'm actually really excited for that one. I think I'm more excited for that than I am Adam's Family too. I just... I don't know what it was. It just didn't do anything for me. The whole like road trip vibe and it looked like he was blowing up the Grand Canyon. I'm just like, oh, okay. I've seen that before. <laughs> well, nothing new here. Yeah. I don't know. The first one was, was cute and our boys yeah. laughed their faces off through they the did. entire movie. <laughs> they loved it. I have That's no awesome. idea what the redeeming qualities of it were, but I mean, they were like old timey slapping their knees, hitting each other on the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's amazing at four and six yeah I think <laughs> yeah <laughs> sitting on yeah. the porch rocking chairs I mean, laughing well that's, it was, it that's was, what matters at that age it's hard to get through a whole movie but they got through it all they they really liked it nice so maybe this one will do the same yeah if it ain't broke don't fix it damn right okay uh well on that note thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the off the break podcast you can find us on all podcast platforms and over at silverscreeninsider.com where if you're a theater owner or manager needing updating accurate film information for all of the releases and marketing assets for all of them you can check us out there and to help with your uh social media postings and campaigns yeah and check out Women in Exhibition. It's a wonderful group of ladies. I'm super excited for our speaker coming up. And they have uh, Facebook and Instagram pages. They have a lot of communities. And they're going to be putting on workshops and stuff. So it, it's very dynamic. And I think we're just they're going to start ramping up more more offerings coming up. So check them out. Yeah, $25. Totally it's really not expensive at all. Pay your dues. Get involved. Get after it. Yeah. Have a good weekend, everybody. Bye. Big grosses. Bye.